0: Hey, this is the Thrive Church Podcast. Our hope is this message will help you thrive with God and thrive in life. We'd love to have you join us on a Sunday soon. Enjoy the message. Good morning. Thank you for joining us here at Thrive Church. So glad you took the opportunity to be part of what we're doing here. And we believe that it's not just us doing something. We believe we're working together with God Almighty right where you are to have us changed through his word. It's my privilege to get to bring to you a revelation that uh, I've received recently. I was going to do something else completely different, and I believe God just switched me around. So I'm excited about what the, the word is today. These God for you. My name is Chris McDonald, um, you know, longtime listener, first time sharer. Could we say that? Just wanted to get the opportunity to share with you today well what God has put on my heart. So believe with me that this will be a time well used by God so we could have look at the world differently, see him better. It's by revelation that we get to know him. And you know, before your head hits the pillow tonight, did you know, fun fact, you'll have 47,000 different thoughts go through your head. In a course of a year, that's 17 million different uh, thoughts you're going to process every day. A lifetime, that's a billion. You have lots of questions that probably run through your mind every day. But here are the three big ones. Who am I? what am I doing here? And what's the third one? The third one is where am I going in life? What's going to happen in my future? And all those can be boiled down to one question that answers all of them. And he would even say he is the answer. In fact, he did say it. And that is, do you know him? Do you know Jesus? And what I want to share with you is how do I share about who Jesus is? I don't know about you. Sometimes I've seen people and it kind of, it can rub me the wrong way. How they're sharing Jesus. I just think that's not who Jesus is. Maybe you're someone today, you don't know Jesus. You might want to know, well, how's this guy going to share Jesus with me? What's it going to be like? How is he going to speak into what God sees in my situation? And I just, I, I believe God has shared something new with us today, uh, with me today. And he's going to share it with us uh, during this service. And I'm just really excited about how God is going to just, it could be one little twist that God has. It could open up some things for you. So I'm I'm really excited about it and and what he has. We're going to do two sort of case studies and then I'm going to talk to you about what those case studies in my mind through the Bible light up for how God wants to show himself. Um, The first one is going to be in John 4. And in verse 35, it's really familiar with a lot of you. It's Jesus at the well, and there's a woman that comes to the well. And he, 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 there's a quick turnaround for her. In the span of a conversation, she goes from someone who's outside of the community, ostracized for how she's lived her life, how her relationships have been. She's seeking after love, and, and she hasn't. She hasn't found anything, it's a dry, she's dry on the inside. So it's a great picture of, of Jesus who he says, look, I have living water for you. And he says that to the lady and she just says, okay, uh, where is this? And you can almost hear the sarcasm in her like, okay, you don't even have a, you don't even have a pot to put the water in, where, where is this? And through the conversation he has with her, it's a, it's a great back and forth. At the end of it, she leaves her water there goes into the community, talks to the men directly, boldly, and says, I want you to come see someone who knows everything I've done. Everything you've done? Really all he did was isolate the one part of it, her pain and speak his life to her. Do you know what he did? He revealed himself to her. What did she do in response? She brings a whole bunch. Maybe it's the whole town. It says many of them came out to see him. So it was a wonderful, it was a wonderful way that Jesus did. He showed himself. And a whole group of people followed just in the course of one conversation. And at the end of it, his disciples come to him and they're shocked. They said, hey, look, we, we got you some uh, some sandwiches. He says, my work is to do the will of the father. And they still didn't quite get it. They thought, did somebody sneak him a sandwich? Like we didn't see anybody leaving the hill or it was that woman, but she didn't look like she had any food. He says, look, my will is to do the will of the father. And then he tries to let them understand how this happened. He said, don't say Four months from now, there's going to be a harvest. He says, the harvest is white. Now, when you see a, a harvest that's white, what it means is the tips of the, the wheat on the harvest, they're all white. It's, it's going to be, you, you should be looking at it and seeing that the harvest is ready. And, and these guys, maybe they get it, maybe they don't. And you know, when I read this scripture, lots of times I see harvest and harvest to me translates to Work. I don't know if you've ever heard that, you know, on my mom's side of the family, there's some, some great farmers for generations. So I had the chance to go visit a couple of these farms growing up and just seeing the amount of work that it would take from dawn till dusk. And sometimes, you know, you'd have, um, you know, Generations ago, they'd have lots of people come and harvesting parties. All right, we're gonna harvest on, on Buddy's field over here. Then we're gonna go to his neighbor's house and we're gonna f- harvest over there. You needed all hands on deck. Now you can get big machinery but they keep lights on top of them. I don't know if you've ever driven past those fields late at night and you can look over in the harvest field in the fall and say, hey, that guy's harvesting because there's a huge floodlight on top of his his tractor. It's a lot of work. How many people, you could write in the chat, you could agree that maybe sometimes sharing your faith, it can feel like work. Now, why would that be? Because I think a lot of people, and we're gonna to get to this in a little bit, they would agree that, that knowing Jesus is the best thing that you could ever do. Uh, and, and you know, Jesus even said, look, if, if they reject me, they'll reject you. Okay, what would Jesus do? Well, what did Jesus do? If you look at the woman in the well, this remember this is case study number one. If you look at the, the woman at the well, Excuse me. It wasn't like a lot of heavy lifting Jesus did. Jesus had a conversation. Jesus shared with this woman as God gave him words. Now the secret passcode is looking up the scriptures that said, Jesus said, look, I don't say anything unless the father tells me. So anything that you see in the Bible, Jesus is saying, that's a pipeline to what God, the father is saying by the Holy spirit. So he, if he's saying it, you can know God is saying it through Jesus to that woman and God, the father is not only a God of love, but he knows all things. He just had a simple conversation that answered that woman's question. You can read it and go, well, she has lots of questions. What do you mean? The one question she's dry on the inside. She wants to know, I believe this. She wants to know, is there any man on the planet that could treat me well? Is there anybody? Certainly if there's a Messiah sent from God, full of love, certainly he could treat me well. And he does. And she leaves her task to come back, leaves the water jar and it totally changes what she's, uh, <coughs> what she's doing. You know, there's a disciple that's at that, at that grouping where Jesus is at the woman, uh, Jesus is with his disciples talking about the woman at the well and The fruitfulness that comes, those people that are coming to him. I imagine Simon, who is later to be called Peter. Uh, Many of you have read it. You know Simon Peter. He's famous in in the Bible uh, for things that he's done well and things that he hasn't done well. I bet you Simon would have went back to the first time that he met Jesus. Where he's fished all night, catches nothing he's washing his nets. Here comes Jesus. Jesus says, look, I want to get in your boat. He goes, okay, fine. You're thinking, I don't know. Maybe if I was him, I would have thought it'd be five minutes. I'm not going to tell this guy, no, I'm too tired. I need my breakfast. I need my bed. I need to go to sleep because I got to try and do this tomorrow. I got a family feed and I got, I didn't catch anything tonight. I got to work extra hard tomorrow. Got to toil again. I'm going to need some rest to toil again. Here's Jesus stays in his boat because there's a crowd of people that follow him. And you could probably see Peter going, he's still talking. He's still talking. And yet there's something on the inside of Peter that it resonates with him. He's not too tired by it, but it wouldn't have been his first choice. And yet what does Jesus say to him at the end? He says, okay, I want you to go into the deep and cast this over. The shock of Peter, who would be like, doesn't this guy know how to fish? You don't go fish in the Galilee in the middle of the day. You do it at night. I've been doing this my whole life. He doesn't want to embarrass Jesus in front of his, his, uh, his friends and his buddies and his co-workers. So he goes, look, because you said so, I'm going to let down the net. And when he does, he can't pull it all in. It's so much. And then Jesus says to him something really interesting. He says, I'm going to make you fishers of men. Jesus and his brother, Andrew, they leave their nets and they go off and they follow him. I think because something was resonating on the inside, but they also saw fruitfulness and they wanted to be fruitful. And I bet you that was ringing in, in Peter's ear, not only when he sees the woman at the well and the fruitfulness that happens because of what Jesus said, I think that same fruitfulness echoed in Peter's ear when he was at Pentecost. Many of you know what happened at Pentecost. Peter gets up and he, this is our case study number two. Peter gets up on the day of Pentecost. After being afraid, he's filled with the Holy Spirit and he comes out and he has to say to everybody, these dudes... That's the Chris McDonald translation. These dudes, they're not drunk as you suppose. They're, they look drunk. They're having some fun. They're filled with the Holy Ghost. The Bible says, you know, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So they're laughing. They're having a great time. They've been, they've been uh, speaking in other tongues. Peter gives one sermon and everybody's astonished. They're like, I'm not even from here. I don't speak whatever he's, he's talking, but I understand him. How does that happen? And what he says is just simple. It's nothing that's outside of what we would say is the gospel as we understand, but God's word is on it. His power is on it. Peter's filled with the spirit. He speaks it, cast the net, so to speak, and 3000 people are added. Jesus made him a fisher of men. So what am I trying to say to you today? What's the main point, Chris? And here's the payoff for me. What did Peter do? He just said words. He just said, he just said, listen, this is what God did. This is what he's doing. These people are filled with the spirit and it's available to everybody. And God did something with those words in the hearts of people. I imagine, you know, when Peter was up there sharing, he didn't have anybody in the crowd with tracks. There was no ushers to say, look, I want you to follow that guy on his way out. He didn't have plants in the, in the congregation to come down to the front, right? To help other people go, Oh, maybe I should come to the front. There's nothing wrong with any of those things, but the main point is Peter said the words at the right time to the right people under the right influence. You know, (coughs) Jesus in John chapter six, he's asked, Hey, look, how do you do these things? His disciples, finally, they got full. They, they've they seen him. They've seen him do wonderful things. They've seen people turn their hearts towards him that would be hardened. And they go, okay, can you share with us how you did that? He said, Here's how you do the works of God. And imagine if I'm if I'm Peter, okay, here it goes. I'm gonna get out whatever I can do. Maybe I can't write, maybe I just draw pictures. I'm gonna write this down. This is gonna be important. And this is what Jesus says. He says, I'm gonna read it to you. He says in John 6.29, Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. What? Like how? That's it? How how, how does that work? He wants you to believe every other religion in the world says, here's what you do. You have to do this. You have to do this, to be holy. You have to do this, to be right with God. You have to fast this number of days. You have to go through this number of readings. You have to memorize these certain things. You have to spend this amount of time doing X, Y, Z. Jesus says, look, God's going to do the work for you. God in the form of Jesus, he's done the work, dies on the cross for our sins goes up to heaven and says, I'm gonna baptize them in the Holy Ghost so that I can live in them so that I can both to will and to do of my good pleasure. Your job is to believe that the words that you're saying to people, that they are gonna have the effect that God wants to have for them. Why why would I give you these two case studies? Why would I talk to you today uh, about what God's doing? Because they communicated something, both Jesus and Peter, and this is our main scripture for today. I know I've given you several other ones, but this is the one I really want to really want to give you. Uh, the Apostle Paul, by the power of the Holy Spirit, in Philemon one six, he says to his buddy, he says that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. We as Christians, we believe this. We believe something that sounds otherworldly because it is. It's it sounds so foreign and God uses the weak things or the, the seemingly foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And here it is. He's made me new on the inside. Jesus lives, lives in me. Jesus wants to talk to, it's not an accident that you're listening to this today. You're here for a purpose. God is the most purposeful being in the universe. He wants this time to mean something to you because it means something to him. And he wants you to believe that the answers for whatever you're facing today if you're a believer, they're on the inside of you. He, he says, look, I live on the inside of you because I am the answer for whatever it is that you're looking for. And that means what you're gonna do with eternity and that means what you're gonna do tomorrow after you wake up, after you're, as soon as you're ready to have 47,000 new thoughts and hopefully more than half of them will be fruitful for you. But God says, look, I don't want you work, working and struggling over this thing called life because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I want to share with you powerful thoughts, powerful words that as you speak them in the lives of others, you're going to see hearts changed. You're going to have my vision to see them in their harvest and to understand, look, you're going to communicate some things effectively as you recognize what's on the inside of you. I want to get practical with you. What does this mean? That means when you encounter other people, it's good to remember, look, Jesus is on the inside of me. He loves them more than I ever could. It's his idea to reach them. I'm gonna get out of the way and just think the best of them. It could be some, and, and you'll, as soon as you start thinking this, you're gonna be tested with so and so that you haven't thought about for years and they phone you up for some reason and, and you're gonna wanna tell them off. But God says, look, I want you to look at them with love. This is not an easy thing to do, but if you allow God to do it, his yoke is easy. He's gonna do the heavy lifting. He's gonna give you words to communicate with people effectively because he's got the good on the inside of you. He's got the goods. You know, for some cases, that means you're going to need to communicate provision. You know, at work, you don't have to shout Jesus all the time, but you can be excellent. You can be loving. You can be integrous. And if you do those things over time in the right situations, you're going to speak great things to other people. The people in my life, just to tell you a little bit of my story, uh, the people in my life that have have done a lot and, and really been, Pivotal for me have been people that have just simply said, You know, God told me this. The one that pops to my mind is uh, I had a friend of the family, his name's Wayman. I'll forever be grateful for him just simply going on one day, Look, God told me to give you this CD. For those of you who aren't familiar with CDs, you're looking at this maybe three years later. It's these little discs we used to get and we'd pack them in, we put them in machines and they would play music. So just think he gave me, you know, uh, he, he, he emailed me an MP3 maybe for something, for some of you later <laughs> listening to this. But he said, he said, look, I want you to listen to this. And that's all he had to do. And I listened to it and God touched my heart and I gave my life over to Jesus. I said, whatever you want to do with my life, And I thought he was gonna take things from me, but he's just been adding to me all the time. And he saved me in that minute. And he saved me in lots of minutes afterwards. You know, in in my darkest times, you know, um, we've, uh, my wife and I, uh, over the course of being married eight years, we have two kids, but there's been a total of seven times that she's uh, been expecting. And some of those have been really, have been really tough. But now I have two wonderful kids that God is sharing wonderful things with me. My son the other day, He's just playing Lego and he goes, you know, I will never leave you. He just says it out of the blue. We're not talking about anything. We're handing him Lego pieces because he's the boss. He's got to build. I'm just his helper. I don't build it. I just hand him the pieces. So he says, you know, I'll never leave you. I was like, well, actually, I'm thinking you're going to go off to college or university or somewhere. You can't live with us forever. And he goes, no, I'll never leave you. You're never by yourself. This is what God says to you. He's four. Just comes out of them. It's not something we recite to him before going to bed. You better say this. We just pray and love God. And he says, and we believe that God speaks to us. And so he believes that God speaks to him. And so he's saying, God, I'll, God says, I'll never leave you ever. In fact, I was telling somebody else yesterday what he would told me the day before. And, and it was, it was in front of him. And he just puts his thumb up and he goes, you remembered good. Like <laughs> it's no thing for him. Look what the Lord has done already. He's four. God, what plan do you have for my son? I have a beautiful daughter and um, this section of my my, my, t- my talk with you today is more like I'll probably need support help. I don't know how I'm going to tell this little girl no. I just I just look at her and I, I think, I'm going to have to get your mom to tell you no because I don't know how I'm going to do it. God has given me abundantly exceedingly beyond all I could ask or think. Does that mean my life is perfect? No. Does that mean he knows how to speak his good and his harvest into my life? Yeah, it does. You know, I want to end our time today. I believe this is a pivotal moment for some of you. The same way that I've had pivotal moments, the same way that the woman at the well had pivotal moments and Peter. No, we're all in the same boat. We've all made mistakes. We've all done things we shouldn't have. We've all fallen short of what God had planned for our life. But God has you in this moment. If you don't, in, in order to say, God I'm just gonna believe that you have a good path for me. That seems kind of simple, but it could be the most powerful thing that you experience is believing. I don't mean kind of hoping and like, I'm gonna grab onto that, but trusting in the God that's unshakable and relying on those things that you know are beyond a shadow of a doubt the truth about who God is. You know, I think he wants to reach out to you and, and I, don't, I don't wanna sell you anything Um, I'm not here to kind of try to manipulate you. I just really want to share what God has for you. And it's a simple decision just to say, I believe that he died for me. I believe that he rose again. And if you haven't made that decision, I believe this is a great opportunity for you just to simply say, you know, in the comfort of wherever you're watching this, Jesus, I believe you did this. And if you're in a spot today where, where you have something in your life that you're struggling with. I believe the same call is for all of us to say, God, I'm going to choose to see whatever troubles coming through, whoever that you have an answer. And you're going to speak it to me because you live on the inside of me. I just want to pray for, for us all here together. And if this is, if you've never made Jesus, the Lord of your life and know him as your friend, would you do me the honor of allowing you, uh, allowing me to introduce you to my friend? And can I pray with you? It'd be my great privilege and high honor to just, uh, in prayer go to the throne of God with you and say, Jesus, here's my life. So if you would, would you pray with me? Just say, simply say this, say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus died on the cross, that he rose again, that he's seated at your right hand, that you have a place for me seated at his right hand, that you want to put me in the family of God on the same level as Jesus and that you have an abundant life for me And that you want to live on the inside of me and I receive your goodness, Lord, and I'm going to live with you forever. If you've prayed that prayer for the first time, please allow us to connect with you. Uh, Email us. Get on Facebook. uh, Write it. You don't necessarily need to write it in the chat, but get on our contact page and get a hold of us. We want to connect with you. Allow us to help you on your your journey and and be somebody to encourage you and get somebody in your life that's going to encourage you consistently uh, as you learn more. We also have um, continued prayer we want to uh, help you with. If you want to have some, some prayers, please connect with us. If you need to meet with someone on the pastoral staff and, and walk through some things that are a little harder, and maybe you're having a challenge believing, and you need, to somebody, you need somebody to come alongside you and say, no, no, I, I can see God doing good things in your life, I want you to contact us. You know, I, I uh, want you to know you're loved and appreciated, that God has a good plan for you, that your harvest is just around the corner, that if you keep believing, you know, if you faint not, God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And do you know why? Because He sought you first, right? He's seeking you constantly and He's after you. And His love is reckless and how it is abandoned to anything that seems to make sense to us because He loves you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Thrive Church podcast. We hope this message helped you thrive with God and thrive in life. We'd love to have you join us a Sunday soon. For more information about Thrive Church, you can go to our website, thrivecalgary.ca. See you next time.